Let's talk about leading through behavior performance, not just leading through behavior or just performance, meaning just results, but the behavior performance is your coaching style, your feedback. Is that in alignment with behaviors you're looking for? How are you going to move your team forward with the right coaching for the person's actual performance through their daily behaviors? That's what we're going to get into right now. You found the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast, where we talk about all things leadership because leadership isn't just what you do, it's who you are. So we help to make you a better leader, help keep your sanity, and make your team better so you make more money. So every week we talk about a different topic that helps you do all those things. So hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Tell all your colleagues and friends, and let's get a discussion going on how we can grow together as better leaders. Welcome back, everybody, from across America and around the world to the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. If you think this podcast is helpful, please uh, smash that subscribe button and pass it along with your colleagues and friends. Start a conversation on this topic and you know, really get involved in what you think um, this really means and, and what ideas others have, because this is super important in, in any leadership capacity that you are really examining behavior performance, not just results-based performance. And the biggest reason is, well, we're all humans. We, we operate on behavior. Just about everything we do, we're not robots. We're not pre-programmed. Um, so you have to really figure out how you really key in on behaviors and get the right behaviors done to get the performance you are looking for. So you can't just focus on just the end results. If you're really, really trying to build a team or you really consider yourself a true leader, it's got to go way deeper than just results. So leaders, be honest with yourself right now. How do you actually talk about performance with your team, uh, with your superiors about your team? How do you actually talk about it and when? Is it a daily occurrence? Is it weekly, monthly? Maybe it's just quarterly. Or do you wait and just till the annual review, kind of let things go on for a while, and then the annual review shows up and then everything gets spilled out. And that's kind of the worst thing you can do because the person looking back at you could say, you could have told me this all along. I could have corrected this a long time ago. So look, I get it. You're just as affected by the quote-unquote whirlwind, as Chris McChesney likes to call it, as everybody else. But if you aren't addressing performance behavior, how do you move your team forward? How do you accomplish more uh, without doing that? Because here's the quote-unquote problem, or for a better way of looking at it, let's call it a challenge. You, meaning the leader, you need to get results, but you have to do it through other people. And in order to do that effectively, you need to be honest about your situation, what you're faced with. So I got three questions to ask you, and they might not sound related to each other in a sense, but what we're going to break all of that down so it kind of makes sense. And then toward the end here, really, really solve, maybe you don't have the problem with it, but you really just want better performance, but really give you a, a great four-step way you can definitely improve your team's performance and your leadership skills at the same time. So 
first question you got to ask yourself is what is your current coaching style based on what your team's behavior is? Does it even match? Secondly, how is your team formed? And you'll understand this in a minute why I asked it that way. And third, where does most of your energy go? That is going to be a very, very key component. Really, as a leader in anything you do, is your limited amount of energy and where do you put all of that? Because that's what gets drained. I think for, for those of us who lead teams, that is really the, the, the mental drain is what wears us down the most. And if we could really kind of balance the equation a little bit more in, in, in not draining that, uh, we could really accomplish a lot more and feel a lot better about what we do. So when we're talking about your current coaching style, think about your approach. Are you looking for just results? Is it really just a pass-fail when you're looking at how somebody's accomplishing something throughout the day? Uh, just Is it just numbers? Is it just flat out how much profit did we make? How much sales did we make? Uh, if you're manufacturing, what is the, the, um, the, the rate of which you know, something fails, the quality rate? Uh, is it that? Um, Donald Miller, who, who uh, created um, Business Made Simple, fantastic operation. You really, really should dig into not only his podcast, but the things that his company does. He talks a lot about profit dollar per head count. You want to talk about if your team is effective. Now, it's not just that's all he does, but that's a really key, key component in how do you figure out if your team is really successful uh, based on how many people you have working for. And you can equate that to profitability. You could equate that to number of units manufactured. There's all kinds of standards you can put to it, but you kind of figure out, you know, just by headcount, do I have the right amount of team or or am I overstaffed? And do I got people doing things that aren't necessary and so on? So it's just one way of looking at it. But are are you a snapshot leader? You know, this is where, you know, maybe some of your team you just can't interact with them as much as you'd like or hardly at all. That could be a geographical problem. It could be just the nature of the business. You don't see them very often, but you just have these little snapshot pictures when you walk into their work area. So you don't really understand the problems they're facing or how they got there, but you see it and you know it's not on par with what should be happening. And you just make these snapshots of, well, you know, maybe they don't know what they're doing or they don't understand or Maybe they're frustrated with their situation and you try to have a conversation with them. So not only are you seeing a bad situation, but then you're getting negative feedback and you're thinking, man, I got the wrong person in the wrong place. But what you really haven't done is dug in to figure out why it is like that. So are you really basing it on that? You know, not discerning between time and effort. And I know effort doesn't pay the bills. I get it. Results pay the bills. But that depends on where the person is at and their capabilities and, and what did you hire them for. And we're going to get in a little more of that. But you can't just treat everybody the same way. So right now, if you need to, pause the, the podcast episode and really think about how you really operate in the area of performance behavior coaching. And, and be honest, like this is just for yourself. No one is listening or judging you, but, but really take a hard look 
um, with that and get clarity on does your feedback really match some behavior issues? And if you can do that and you can be honest with yourself, now we can move on to talking about your team and seeing how they were formed. So start with yourself and be brutally honest. But then when you really figure that out, let's talk about how your team was formed. This is question number two. So is your team like a box of chocolates? Like Forrest Gump said, you, you, you never know what you're going to get. You might be in a larger business where your team is picked for you or you're sent to go manage a new uh, business area or division or whatever it is. And the people were just there before you got there. You didn't get to pick them. So you get what you get. And that's a whole different scenario than if you form the team. Maybe you're a small business owner. Uh, maybe they gave you the autonomy to quote unquote clean house and start over. And you get to hire who you want. Those are two totally different animals to deal with as a leader. And the majority of us, I would probably say, unless you're small business oriented and it's your business, that you don't get to pick your own team. And that makes it even a bigger challenge because there's a lot more uh, parameters with that uh, than, than if you were the one that made all the final decisions. So if you hired them, why did you hire them? You know, is it not just about getting work done, but what was your expectation with them? In other words, were they like a hired gun or, or if you want to equate it to like an NFL free agent that you hired them to do one specific task that they were already known for, that they're already good at, and you, that's, you just expect them to do that? Or is it more of a long-term development? You can see what this person is capable of with the right training and the right coaching, or they got to come in and really learn your business. They could have a skill set of that, but not know the, the nuts and bolts of your business. But man, once they do, they can take the skill set they already have and be totally effective. So you really have to determine, is it a hired gun situation or is it something long-term that you're building? Because that is going to totally change how your leadership behavior is for their performance. And then, you know, you think about how many people were there before you got there and they'll still be there when you're gone. And a lot of times that's one of the, the hardest group of people to change mindsets, to change behaviors because they're like, oh, you know, we've got a new manager. Here we go again. And he'll be here now and gone and I'll still be here later and it won't matter. And so I get all of that. And you have to really examine, is that who you're faced with? And just be honest with how was your team formed? So if you're taking over a new team or maybe forming a new team or really just want to kind of restart with the team you have, go back to podcast number 80, how to take over a team the right way. Uh, I put the link in the show notes so you don't have to go looking for it. It's pretty easy to find. Just go to the show notes that really dissects a great way to take over a new team. And I'll give you a spoiler alert. Whether you're taking on a new team or you already have one, trust is built really by answering just two questions. What do you know and what are you really like? So in other words, they just want to know your knowledge. Can you actually help them solve problems? And the second thing, what do you really like? Meaning, will you help them or how will you help them? How do you react to problems and things? How do you how do you take care of what's bothering them? Those are just that. That's it. It's that simple. 
They just want to know what you know, if you're smart enough to lead them, and how you're going to lead them, how you're going to treat them. That's it. That's how you build trust. It's pretty simple. Uh, but but the podcast gets way into more of that. So go back to podcast number 80. Links in the show notes. Check it out. So question number three, where does most of your energy go? And this is this is so pivotal of, of your energy because as leaders, uh, you know, you talk about when you were kind of up and coming, so to speak, and you were more of a production-oriented type person versus leading other people, that physical tired versus mental tired change, I will take physical tired any day over mental tiredness. And you're protecting your energy is so vital to being an effective leader. This is a huge question because this determines how you spend one of your most precious resources you think about the mental drain. Uh, and what I like to talk about is setting up mental gas stations. So as you go along, you think down the road, but you're talking about going through the year, through the quarter, as you start having some targets to hit, some metrics to achieve, you're going to get drained mentally as problems come up, as issues with people come up, challenges. So what gas stations are you putting in place to fill that back up? And a lot of that has to do with recognition and achievement and keeping focused on what are the important things. And that's why focusing on behavior performance is so critical. Because if you can just get into the behavior part of what really, honestly, what people are doing each and every day, daily behaviors and decisions, if you can get into that, and start making sure those are in alignment with where you're going, you really can kind of change the outlook of where your, your, your mental drain is going. And first, I hope we all understand there's a huge difference between coaching and accountability. The coaching part is getting people better. The accountability part is you know, basically an agreement that's been made of what should be done between two people or more. And in the accountability side, really like, so for example, let's say you have to go down the road of, of discipline. You have to go down the road of, of officially documenting performance challenges. It really should be accountability in the sense of, did they do it or not? Was there a commitment or not? Not if your conversation is drifting in the lane of, they didn't understand it. They don't have the knowledge they need. Those are all coaching opportunities, not necessarily accountability opportunities. And you, you know, the thing is, you got to get them to where it is accountability issues because you want them trained and developed enough to where all we're talking about is they either did do it or didn't. It was just a, a choice that they'd made or, or the will to do it or not rather than not understanding. So that, that's really the difference between should you coach or should you have accountability is do they understand it and they just didn't want to do it or, or didn't, you know, whatever the reason is that they couldn't accomplish something that it was more about that than their ability to do so. So where's your energy going? Do you spend more time, and I mean way more time, with the non-performers of your team? And if so, how do you balance that with recognizing good performers? Because 
yeah, I get it. You have to address the issues and you sometimes you feel like a firefighter um, doing that. But when you, you don't really think about it, you really start spending a lot more time with those not performing when you really should be spending more time with those who are making it happen to keep that running. So how much time and effort are you going to give to that non-performer? You're going to go one quarter, two quarters. Uh, you're going to give them a target to hit some kind of result and either hit it or else, or they're out of here. Do you tell them to just fix it, to just get better or else, or do you really take the time to help them break down the disconnections in their performance? In other words, do you really get into their behaviors of what they're doing every single day or their decisions they're making every single day? And really, one of the biggest questions, especially if you work for a larger company, is what are you allowed to do? And I'm thinking about like the human resource department because a lot of us you know, would, would look at a situation and, and just could tell like, this is not working. This person is in the wrong role. It's not working out. But then somebody on a corporate side of HR will come in and tell, well, let's let's do some more coaching. Let's just try to figure it out. You know, I think we've all been there when we know instinctively it's not working, but there's something holding you back. And the reason I bring that up is because a lot of times you're going to want to go in sometimes guns blazing about a problem and you really can't. And all it does is make you look worse later and make that person feel like, oh, you, you as a leader, we're going to come in and really hold them accountable. But then you really couldn't. And then they, they think they have more power than you do. And that is not a good place to be. So you really have to understand how you can partner with HR. And I'm not trying to make them out to be the bad person or, or somebody holding you back, but really partnering with them to understand what is the path you can take. So when you do do that, it's in alignment with what's going to happen. And you, and you can get a lot more support that way. But are you keen on performance protesters? Basically, it's how people kind of sidestep their own accountability. As you listen to them, the first thing you have to evaluate is, are they right? So let me explain what I'm talking about when I say performance protesters. So... You go to implement some coaching and maybe accountability too, depending on what problem you're facing, coaching or accountability. And then the pushback comes. Now, no one really likes to be corrected. None of us like to hear any kind of negative feedback. I get all that. Um, but what level of pushback or protest do you really accept? So think about it this way. You go to address someone and they're always questioning you. Or questioning the, the thing you're talking about rather than just listening, just ingesting what you're trying to tell them and hear it. They just throw back a bunch of questions at you. Or is it the hands in the air? It's just so not fair. They, they, they just, every time you go to correct them, they feel like, oh, there's nothing I can do. Nobody listens to them. They don't care. They, they don't understand that they're going through all that kind of stuff. Or do they constantly not understand what you're talking about at all? And this, this kind of protester really is like the classic, oh, I haven't been trained, or I didn't get that email, or nobody told me. Or uh, I had one situation recently where every time I went to a, a leader of an area about an issue, 
they would tell me, oh, let me, I'm going to get with my assistant on that and find out why they're doing like every problem they were basically blaming on their assistant. It's like, hello, you're in charge of this area, not them. I'm asking you, you know, so you, you got to really evaluate the protesting. Is it true? So all these things that they're saying, is there any truth to it? So have you as the leader made this possible? Whatever they're complaining about, is it really you? And if it is, you got to eliminate those gaps immediately. You got to close those doors so they don't have these quote unquote excuses to, to lean on and, and try to get out of things or try to get not be accountable because as the leader, you haven't really set expectations. You kind of just let them do whatever. But is it something that you did that you need to fix? If not, if it's really them, what are you going to do about it? How are you going to correct them? Because you have to answer as a leader when you're talking, when you're really thinking about the performance of your team, you have to answer this equation. Is your leadership energy time spent more on correction than direction? Now, let me say that one more time. Is your leadership energy time spent more on correction than direction? Where's your time going? Where's your energy going? Are you that firefighter running from one fire to another, correcting this, correcting that, micromanaging follow through all these things or is more of your energy on direction showing the people the path you're going on or how we're going to get things done or how you talk about recognition you all the things that push you in the right direction the great feedback of that where do you find most of your energy being spent constantly correcting people or constantly directing people. And this is really the foundation of what you are accomplishing with your team based on which one of these directions you're going in. So let's break down the four steps to better performance through focusing on behavior performance. This is where you really can get your team better. So number one, clearly give behavior performance expectations. And that's what I mean. Like you're really breaking it down to the daily behaviors and decisions they need to be doing in order to achieve whatever metrics you're talking about. And that could be the same if you're talking about a customer service metric, if you're talking about a production metric, if you're talking about a very specific project you're trying to complete, whatever that is, you got to break down what behaviors make that work. And that could be behaviors in communicating. It could be behaviors in understanding a process. You have to decide what that is, but you have to show them. You have to link that. That daily behavior makes this result happen, this positive result happen. That's what you have to clearly give expectations for. And then number two does your feedback slash coaching style, or both really, do they reflect what really mirrors two things? What behaviors are expected and what behaviors are actually being done? Because that's two different things. You can talk about what you want all the time, 
but what is actually going on with your team? That's what's really important. So on the front end, you know, you're coaching, like I said, you lay out the expectations. Your, your coaching talk, constantly talks about what you're looking for. And, and that's another way to be a great positive leader rather than constantly walking around saying, don't do this, don't do that. But you're really always talking about what you do want. That really helps. But you can't ignore the fact of what's actually happening. So in other words, it can't just be all sunshine and rainbows of, hey, team, we're, we're doing this. And, and everybody you know, agrees and claps and high fives and all of that. But then you get on the playing field and it's uh, not happening or part of it's not happening. And you let that go. Well, you're not really leading at that point. Their behavior is what's really leading. And that's what you really have to do. And, and you have to match your feedback and coaching to reflect those two things of what you really want and what's really happening to make some corrections to get back to what you really want. Number three is your leadership energy time spent more on correction or direction. That's what we just talked about. You really have to equate that and sit somewhere quietly, uh, maybe on a Sunday afternoon or, or something before the week even begins, or maybe even at the end of your work week. And kind of figure out where did I spend most of my time and what did I do? And does it does it equate to more correcting or more directing? And finally, number four, are you willing to pull the car over? We got problems. Are you really willing? You know, you go on a long road trip with family members or whatever. Somebody's acting up. You know, I'm going to pull this car over. Or are you really willing to do that? But here's a pro tip for you. If you really want to be a good, proactive, positive leader, pull the car over more for achievements than disappointments and, and swing that pendulum over to, oh, here comes the manager. Something must be wrong. You really have to change that outlook that you showing up could probably be a good thing. Or, or they just don't even have that feeling that something's just automatically wrong just because you're all of a sudden present and you say, hey, we have to talk about something. That you've done it enough about positive things that there really isn't this anxiety that, oh, something must be wrong. So that's what you really need to start focusing on. And again, that goes back to that equation about more correction or direction that you've, you've balanced that out so they don't even really know why you want to talk to them. And it could be a good positive thing. But, but leaders, I promise, if you really take the time to go through this process with yourself, your energy will change, your team will change, and you will start achieving the results you are really looking for. So what did we learn today? How did you grow just a little bit? Or more importantly, how can you help someone else grow? That's the whole point of Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Again, hit that subscribe button. Tell all your colleagues and friends and neighbors all about the show. Give us comments, feedback, things like that. We will grow together and we will see you next week on the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast.